for my niggas in the pen. Zit the beast. All my niggas on lockdown right now. Keep your head up, nigga. Every dog day got a brighter day coming, nigga. It's for all my niggas in Angola. All my niggas San Quentin all the way back, all the way across the world. Every nigga who locked down, boxed down right now. This for y'all. This one for my niggas who gone and reminiscing. The times that they ain't listen. How long they gon' be sitting? Them parties and old bitches. Them running with those snitches. Left cold with those memories in prison. Ah, give my peace, give them gangs, God, please let them come home and forgive all them wrongs right now. I lost the one in penitentiary now. God, please For let real. them come home and for the ones that I miss, yeah. tell them we need them. This will be D, legit. AJ and Marquise yelling FLT, holding my street. B-L-O-O-D, yelling Damu, Billy Blood, Pyro. This for them trees. But on me, BHB. This for them hoovers who got shooters throwing seats. And I've been traumatized. Yeah. So please just leave me alone. I know you heard he beat up murder like Ike Turner. And I apologize. For real. If he bleed because the gang fucked him up. Make Buddha serve him, yelling it's murder when we swerve him. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're coming at you live straight out of Parchment. I'm Sarah Jane, founder of the Parchment Project, an administrative counselor for National Plus Coalition. I'm here with my co-host, Brother Sean. So excited to be here with you all tonight. Let's go ahead and, and introduce yourself. Brother Sean, how you doing? I'm doing fine tonight. My name is Deep, uh, they have it as Deep Red. I'm over the research department for PLUS, and I will be providing service with Ms. Sarah tonight. Yes, yes, yes. We're excited. We're excited to be here with you guys tonight, uh, bringing you live and sharing our personal once again. Um, we're going to start right off and, and kind of discuss some some, uh, some inside news, some inside the MDAC uh, facility news. What you got for us? Well, this is Sean again. Uh, what's going on in the school soccer system right now? At Marshall County, uh, Sunday night, you had a fatality. Of, uh, uh, a couple of inmates ended up in a fight in one game, uh, injured and had injuries, and he later passed away at the hospital on Tuesday night. We don't have any details further than that, and we will get back to you at the next show as we learn more details about it. And also going on in MDOC, tomorrow, uh, Walnut Grove will be opening for the uh, reopening. They're going to have uh, green and white inmates there to start cleaning up after re uh, renovation. And a uh, opening day for Walnut Grove to bring in all the other inmates is going to be August the 16th, according to Pearl Payne. And that's basically what we got going on in the system right now. Yeah, I actually just got... Um I have just gotten a message, too, that um, we're hearing that Walnut Grove may be for active organization members as well and not just be custody, but, uh, you know, that's, that's not confirmed. But if that's true, you know, then, um, you know, I've heard that a couple occasions um, that they are moving some active organization members there as well. Um, I don't know. I don't know, Brother Sean, you ever heard, have you heard that yet, too, or? That hasn't been mentioned to me. I talked to Ron King when he was here at the facility the other day, and he mentioned Walnut Grove, but didn't know, he said he didn't know what was going on as far as who's going or what colors are going to be. That's still yet right. to be determined. It was his wording. Okay, okay. 
So there's a possibility it'll have active organization members as well as the you know, we'll, we'll follow up on that, you know, as we as we get closer to it. But, but you are hearing that they're going to start moving on the 16th? You'll have, on the 16th, which is the uh, next, by the end of the week, they'll have 40 or 50 inmates there to clean up, you know, get ready for the other, the true inmates coming on the, uh, in August when they have gotcha. the real battle day. So it's just clean up the, re- the renovation and, you know, get prepared for the new upcoming inmates. I love how you put it, the grand opening. You're making it sound like, a, like an awesome uh, Um, convictions that are definitely excluded from 
film and going on the topics that Sarah just reached on recidivism and the bill itself. Uh, for everybody listening and watching the show, I will have a uh, PowerPoint on both of those issues put up on our site, so y'all can see, which there gives a clearer detail of how uh, how Senate Bill 2795 affects people and also how recidivism is affected and stats on recidivism in the state of Mississippi. And we'll get that added by tomorrow sometime. All right. So, um, yeah, we got Brother K.O. on here now, too. Hey. Hey, Brother K.O. How are you? Yeah, I'm on. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad you made it. I'm glad you made it. I was worried about you. You doing okay? Yeah, I'm blessed. I was uh, uh, handling chores and cooking and getting my family situated so I could... Uh, I mean, um, we're all in this together. 
we are absolutely all in this together. And I know, I'm sure, K.O., you got plenty of, of you know, brothers that, that are still inside the walls that you want to see get out as well. I do. And I, uh, actually, I want to talk to a lot of guys that's still there. Actually, that's really, like, the only people that I associate with up to you guys are guys that's, you know, still in prison. But, uh, like you said, everyone is celebrating right now. Everyone is happy because everyone has parole dates showing up on their time sheet. And what I'm trying to explain to a lot of the guys, you know, it's something that's been going on in the prison system for over 20 years, and that's organizations and gang activity. And the way that this uh, guy, Girl Kane, has everything set up now, if you have anything dealing with gang activity or being inside of an organization on your record, prison record at all, in any form or fashion, he is having a parole board, not even considering your parole. He is blaming that, denying your parole for gang activity. Okay, now, this gang activity may consist of uh, something you did 20 years ago. You know, like myself, I was involved in gang activity 20 years ago. 20 years down the line, I come up for parole and I was denied because it said I had involvement in gang activity. So therefore, what I'm saying is, no matter how long it's been ago, you know, the guys that are known Go ahead, sign up for the renunciation program because that's basically the only thing that can help you right now and keep your name off of that active game from the list. Because he's not allowing anyone to make the role name is on that list. So it's best to go ahead and start the class now. Take the class, take the MRT. Take the character building classes. Let the people know that you are, you know, trying to better yourself. You are trying to come out of your productive citizen in society. So, therefore, if you, they feel like if you were a participant in any of these type organizations or games, then you're already brainwashed by the, the uh, ideology that the games or organizations have already indoctrinated you with. So, basically, he wants to, he want to, to re-educate you with other positive educational tools that can help you in life. So go ahead and get those uh, programs that they have to offer and everything that they have to offer, man, and try to, you know, reevaluate yourself. And if you are a gang, if involved in gang activity, man, lay back, man, get back, because it's nothing that's more important in your freedom and being at home for family, man. I'm going to close with that, man. I just want y'all to know, man, I'm here with peace and love, man. And I'm, whoever needs me, I'm here, man. So reach out. Like you said, all you got to do is ask for help from here. You knock it. Don't say if you I'm really glad that you uh, spoke on, on the renunciation form because, you know, when that form first came out, I had it in my mind. Now, you know, I, I saw the form, I read the form, and I said to myself, what guarantee is there that this is not going to be used against somebody if they sign this form? So, you know, and I've talked to, I've talked to people since then, um, you know, and I've had this conversation with a few people, and it's like, okay, you know, um, you know, for instance, I, I use the, um, I use the example of, of a hostage situation. You know, you, you've got somebody who, who is 
um, keeping somebody hostage. And then you have a hostage negotiator come in and, you know, they, they do everything that they can to negotiate with them, um, you know, so that everybody walks out safely. Now, the reason why I use that example is, is because, you know, there's no negotiating with this. It's like you either gonna, you're either going to sign this form or you're not going to sign this form. And when you sign this form, you're going to sign it on, on the belief, on the faith, that it's going to work in your favor. Can you, can you talk a little on that? Oh, yes, I can uh, explain a little more on that. See, basically, the guys that I encourage to sign the forms are the guys that have already been, you know, identified as an organization member. People, they have C-5s and they have C-11s. C-11s is uh, basically fighting a ride or, or being involved in a ride activity. So, if you are uh, charged with a C5 or C11, which a C5 is playing the gang activity, you know, if you charge with those two charges, your name is automatically put on the docket, showing, validating you as an active gang member. So, for the guys that are, you know, in the computer as active gang members, I would advise them to sign the renunciation package and take the programs. But for the guys who, you know, may be active in games and are under the radar and, you know, they don't actually know that they are active in games and they are not in the computer system as a game member, then no, I would advise them to pay as is because they would be identifying themselves as a game member. Right. For the people who are already identified, you know, I would encourage them Uh, 
six months uh, for investigation. Okay, the next time I came up for parole, months later, they came back after the investigation and they said I was a gang leader. So I went to the case manager and had her to pull me up in the computers. And sure enough, it was, you know, I was listed in the computer as a high-ranking gang member, like a high-ranking official. So I uh, went on to uh, explain to the case manager and my unit manager that, you know, I hadn't been active in any type of gang activity for years. Like, I wasn't, wasn't even an active gang member at the time. I wasn't even on a roster. You know, so basically they had me in the computer as a terrorist when I wasn't even active. You know, so when, when, uh, when I went to her, she uh, recommended me to go to Miss Van Norman, which is the gang coordinator. So once I spoke with the gang coordinator, she had me, I was actually one of like the first 15 guys to actually fill out the renunciation package. And it was different back then. You didn't have to take a class. You didn't have to do nothing but sign off and they put your name off the list, you know. Right. But, uh, when I, when I spoke with her and explained my situation, you know, I had been uh, over a year RBR free and I was in all kinds of educational programs. And I was I was really trying to make parole. I knew I was, you know, coming up for parole. So I was trying to do everything that's possible to help me make parole, you know. And uh, when my parole came around, I was denied again. And they still had on my parole that I was a gang member. And, and the case manager just went out of her way Probably a few days ago, I, 
I guess now maybe over the weekend from a woman whose significant other was actually sent out of state. Um, they labeled him as a leader. Um, and he has not been active for years. And, um, you know, it's funny because I can, can actually vouch for that because um, he had reached out to the Parchment Project for some assistance. And, we had, and I remember talking to him about this. Um, you know, and I could be wrong, you know, they street and things have happened where somebody tells me something and it's, you know, it's, it's not right. But, um, you know, it's just when, when she met, um, messaged me and told me what was going on and told me who it was, I was like, man, you know, this, this, that's right. Like, he has not been active, um, you know, and, and he's told me that he was in the past, but he's not now. And so, you know, there's, there are those obstacles and hurdles still for, for people to jump over, whether, you know, you were active once and, and are now inactive. Um, but, man, you seem wrong and you're going to be active again. Exactly, exactly. They're, they're using, uh, they're actually using that against people. And they are going to use it against people even more so. Like I said, if people, uh, you know, continue to participate in, you know, gang activities like holding security on the showers or, you know, being seen on camera huddled up more than 10, 15 people in a huddle in a group. They're actually taking pictures and, you know, looking at people's tattoos and, you know, things that they're trying to identify gang members. And, you know, they also have their uh, informants or prison snitches, so as you may call them, you know, Uh telling uh, who's doing this and who has phones and who's, you know, active, who's holding security. You know, they pay attention. Like, those guys tell them things. And they pay attention to it. And the uh, gang coordinator, they sit back and watch the cameras and take pictures. So guys have to be mindful of things like this, you know, going up there, uh, signing up for this program. And, you know, you have to be mindful because you are, you know, putting yourself under a microscope when you sign these papers, you know, giving them the okay to watch you because you're telling them that you're not active anymore. So so that's their cue to watch you to see if you are active. So if you are active, if you are active in a game, don't sign no papers. Like if you active and you holding security and you, you know, don't sign no papers because you're only going to put yourself in a hole. You're only going to dig a hole for yourself and you're not going to get get out of the shit alone. So basically for guys like that that do want to be still active in gang activities, don't sign the papers whatsoever. Uh, we have a caller with his hand up. Um, caller, are you on? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Can everybody hear me? Sure can. Okay, how everybody doing? How everybody doing? Um, with the uh, the brother, with the brother that just got out, and the other brother, I believe that's still in. I'm not sure, but what I would like to know is it anything? that ones can do like, okay, if Burl King has basically uh, come to Mississippi with a a war on gang approach, (laughs) you know, okay, if he come to Mississippi with this war on gang approach, is it, I mean, is it some kind of way that ones can form 
uh, a class action or is it some kind of way that ones could form some form of a, uh, of a legal defense to fight this or to combat this because uh, uh, a blood or a crip or a vice lord or gangster or whatever the case may be is no different from a Democrat or a Republican or a liberal and a conservative and so on and so forth or 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 a Q-Dog and a, and, a, and, a, and a Zeta or all of these other different fraternities or whatever the case may be. So when they're, when they're distinguishing what is a gang, is it like a criteria? That's the first question. Is it a criteria that they're using to, to describe yeah. a gang? And second question is, are the gangs doing something about this? Are they forming some form of a Don't 
in front of the shower to let people know that you got one man in the shower. You know what I'm saying? Hey, one guy sitting at the table. You feel me? People got to be smart about the situation, man, because they are paying close attention to security. They are paying close attention to, you know, uh, the, the contraband coming in and out of the prison. Man, they are looking and they are watching for it. And if you are, you know, seen on these cameras, you know, they got cameras in 80% of all the prisons now. So if you seen on the cameras, you know, huddled up, doing anything that they think or they consider as gang activity, they gonna write you the C five. They gonna write you the C five, and they they handing out C five like they handed out, you know what I'm saying, state issue, real talk. So y'all just be mindful of that, bro, and, and be careful, bro. Okay, going back to what Kayla was saying, I agree in some ways, but coming from the insider right now and being non-affiliated, I got different viewpoints than he has because I'm non-affiliated. I see things that I don't see right on all sides, not just a gangster white So You got the non-affiliated people doing stupid stuff, too. And as far as the legal aspect of it, if you could challenge what Girl Kane is doing by challenging them under the 14th Amendment, the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment simply states all similar people should be treated the same. And being that gang members are also inmates, they would have the same rights as everybody else. And what Girl Kane is doing is singling them out true. But if you think about the commissioner before that, Felicia Hall had a zero tolerance policy. She just singled them out in a different way. Girl Kane is more vocal about what he's doing. And in some instances that I agree that they should be singled out. Nowadays, you know, the bylaws and things of the organizations have changed. Uh, I remember back in the day, and I'm sure Hale can too, a non-affiliated person could call a gang member out and fight one-on-one. Now it's just said that uh, if a gang member and another affiliated person gets in, uh, in an altercation, you're going to get jumped on. So the things have changed a little since KO'd up, and you get a lot of younger guys in charge now that the older guys are stepping back, and they make stupid decisions based on emotion and being young. So there's a lot of changes I've seen, and as far as what KO says, Girl Kane does have an impressive track record, but so far in Mississippi, he has not shown that he's built a lot of things, and it's been a lot of show and tell. I'm on the inside as far as the programming goes. I'm one of the tutors where I am. I've been a tutor in Greene County. I've been a tutor in Marshall County. And the programming is not there at this point. The main programming that he wants to put and implement for the uh, people with five years or less, they're funding it by bringing the tobacco back and all that stuff. It's a lot of stuff we're saying we're going to do, but it hasn't quite happened. And if you go into the law, uh, in, 580, in 585, you know, it was said that these inmates were supposed to get case plans and uh, what, a presumptive parole and all that. And it was going to give you a list of programming that you were supposed to take before you were guaranteed parole under these conditions as long as you didn't get an RBR. None of this has been invoked yet. Not a single person has a case plan. Not a single person has a presumptive uh, parole date. So it's a lot of stuff that they are throwing out to the public that's really not happening in the system at this point. So I agree that nobody should be singled out from a you know a human standpoint because we're all prisoners. But some of the actions do deserve some consequences. So it's just one of those things that, like you were saying, uh, you want to renounce this. Uh, renounce this simply means to walk away from, stop doing what you're doing. If you want to renounce your affiliation, I agree it's good for some people and for some they're not. It's just a case-by-case thing where you need to assess your own personal situation and not let somebody else make your decision for you. And that's a problem with the system. A lot of 
people are incapable of making decisions, therefore they make the wrong ones. But like Kale said, if you want to be there with your family, friends, and loved ones, we're going to have to make better choices whether you're affiliated or not. And I just feel that we all just need to start thinking more and think about what our, uh, all our goals should be is to get home to our families, not to uh, be a gang member or do the things that some of the organization members do. Because a little, like with the police, if you got one or two bad apples, it makes the whole thing look bad. And the organizations do serve a purpose in the prisons. I agree with that. But we need to get them back to the way they were 10 years ago and not what they're doing now. But all this can be worked out when you have meetings with everybody and get together in groups like us. We have and all the different advocacy groups that we have, the little group that we have. And that way everybody's talking amongst each other and trying to enlighten each one, enlighten one another. Instead of everybody separating, we need to come together and fight injustice and the things going on the system together. And that's basically what I have to say about that topic. Especially 
younger white guys come in the system, they tend to join an organization called the fear. And there's a lot of fear put in people's minds about just what they see and the actions around them. But the fear really doesn't have to be there. But we have to address things like that as people come in the system. I personally believe everybody in the system should have to go through the state facility for six to six months or a year before they go to a regional or a private and see what prison is really like. It's in these little regionals where things aren't the same as state prisons. So a little more mentoring and training and the older people have to step up and go to these younger guys and try to educate them. And that's how I feel about that.
time is all screwed up, so they got to deal with the records department to try to get that right. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, it, it's awesome to hear a positive success story out of all this. Um, you know, my concern is, you know, it, it's awesome that that world team is implementing a lot of, like, these religious programs for those that are, are you know, Christian believers. Um, you know, how is it affecting the Muslim community in there? You know, is he, is he, is he treating the Muslim community the same as he's treating the Christian community? Um, okay, basically, uh, with that, with that, it's, it's basically, it, it goes towards, like, the funds that Burakai's sit in, they go towards religion, so whatever religious program. So now you have a chaplain or a chaplain department who has a program for giving him a budget, telling him to use this X amount of dollars on religious material, which would consist of books, uh, composition, uh, notebooks, tablets, ink pens, paper, whatever he chooses to buy, snacks or whatever that he chooses to buy to implement into his religious program. Okay, he has that budget. Okay, now you have a chaplain the county how it ran. You have a chaplain and you have a pre-world email. Okay, now the chaplain is who the email reports to. Okay, when the email comes in, he reports to the chaplain. Okay, once he reports to him, the chaplain gives the email a budget. So, basically, it, they, I, I can, they suppose to split it half and half so they supposed to split the budget between the Cairo, the Catholic inmates, and the Muslim inmates, and the Christian inmates. They supposed to split it three ways. But most of the facility, the facility is mostly, you know, Christian inmates. So, in population-wise, so most, the majority of the budget goes towards the Christian inmates. So, if basically whatever they do for the Christian inmates, they have to for the Muslim inmates and the Jewish inmates as well, and the Catholic inmates, because so they can't give one inmate anything without allowing the other inmates the opportunity to have. So basically, everybody gets the benefits of the program, whether they are, you know, religious, uh, you know, active in the religious programs or not. Everyone, the whole facility, gets the benefits of whatever you know the uh, programs have to offer. Or whatever they give out. So I can't say that, you know, we, we had problems with the uh, Islamic services being called on time and things of that nature, but it's due to the security at the facility. But when it comes to funding and, you know, the program, so I can't say that it has been any type of discrimination because, you know, the uh, Muslim inmates and the Jewish inmates, they're going to get on top of their ASAP with their paperwork. So, so I can't say that, uh, you know, they have been treated differently or anything like that. But I can say that, you know, we've had problems out of, you know, just basically going to programs, having Juma, having Tylene, you know, getting out on time, things of that nature. But other than that, other than security issues, no issues with funding, though. No. Right. We got a hand up. Caller. Can you hear us? Are you on 
or closure and you don't have any rules and it's easier to put you back in prison and that's what Mississippi tends to do because the legal standard for that in the state of Mississippi and other states is the judge has to believe more likely than not that you did something. That's not a true legal standard. But I'm going to refer again to the uh, thing on recidivism that we're going to have posted in the next couple of days and if you need more information on that. And Brother Sean, Brother Sean, that brings us into our, our topic for next week, or the next show as well, is, you know, um, what the post-incarceration looks like. We got one more caller. We got time for one more caller. Are you on? Hello? I just had um, a follow-up question, and that is, do you know, um, Sean, if there is any um, re-entry program in the prisons right now? And also, is there any government programs once you're released to help with with those issues that you were just talking about? As far as MDLC, they do have a program. I know one of them is Hartsman. And then I don't know of any real other ones besides the re-entry program at Hartsman. At one time, they were going to put that in Green County. And on the outside, there are organizations, but Mississippi tends not to have a lot of help for inmates leaving financially or anything. Uh, so I will research that, and when we talk about parole and probation next week, I'll have you more information. So we, we're not forgetting your question, but it's something that's going to be addressed next week in more detail with more things researched, and I will definitely research that information for you on that topic. Absolutely, absolutely. So we got one more caller. Caller, you on? Oh, all right. The caller just hung up. Well, let's, let's, uh, we're going to, we are going to end tonight's show on that note. Again, um, we are going to definitely be talking more about the reentry programs that are out there. Um, you know, reentry programs that are in, inside. I, I actually was helping BMH with a reentry program for the, the people that are incarcerated. Um, so we will definitely be talking about all of that at our next session, which is our, our next show in, in two weeks. Listen to me talking about, you know, I'm talking like a therapist, talking in their next session. Um, I just wanted to close out. Uh, oh, Brother um, K.O., you, you got any last, last words? Brother K.O., you still with us? Sean, you got any last words for us? I just want to say thank you to everybody listening. Continue to support us and support the incarcerated and those who are not incarcerated. And if there's any topics that you want to go on our, on our website or on, on our pages that you want to talk about in the future, feel, please feel free to. Uh, can y'all hear me?
I can. And believe it or not, the, the staff and the administration there in education, they do care. You know, the people that they have there, they are good people there. And they actually take their time out and, uh, you know, try to teach the inmates. And, and they, they even have prayer in class. You know, and that's important, you know, for a lot of people to establish prayer in their households. You know, what, what, no matter what religion you practice, if you don't practice any religion at all, you can meditate. But at the same time, you know, I feel like, you know, they, they installed a lot of good things in me, or good, good qualities back out to the free world and I can be successful out here. So, you know, for the guys that, that do have those programs available for them, I would advise them to go join those programs and prepare yourself for society. And when you come out, you know, make some of yourself, man, be successful in life because all of us have the opportunity to be successful. And with that, I'll close, man, and I'll leave y'all with peace and blessings, man, and I, and I leave y'all and I, and I uh, keep y'all in my prayers, and I will ask y'all to pray. Thank you, thank you. Yes, peace and blessings to you, too. And what a great show tonight. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just want to go over the, the uh, schedule with uh, the plus shows here. On Mondays, we have alternating. We have the low behind bars, and we have the low survivors. The low behind bars is for loved ones who have... Uh, a loved one incarcerated, the low survivors, is a show related to police brutality and the loved ones left behind. Every other Tuesday, and we and if you missed it last night, you can you can still catch it. Um, you can still watch the uh, the show itself. Um, but next or so two Tuesdays from now. So every other Tuesday, we got Plus TV, and uh, they're talking about politics. Polit Financial Literacy Coalition Building. And then we have, obviously, every other Wednesday, we've got the uh, live and straight our partner with us. And alternating Wednesdays, we have Free the Guide, which is a podcast um, discussing issues surrounding incarceration across the nation. So live and straight parchment is, you know, issues surrounding incarceration in Mississippi. And then live, or Free the Guide is uh, across the nation. And then... Catch, catch Plus News every Friday uh, to catch up on any new laws, any events going on, uh, anything related to voting. 